if there's one song that you're going to listen to by Momoito Clover, it's Chai Max, which seems appropriate for today. Let's start the show! And I'm definitely a geek. You know, I find that my big problem is when I clean my apartment, that's suddenly when instead of everything getting easy to find and easy to access, suddenly I don't know where anything is. And that's what it seems to be today. I can't find my glasses. I couldn't find my mic stand. I I couldn't find anything. At least I knew where my microphone was because I got a bunch of really cool boxes at the 100 yen store and they were 250 yen a piece. But they're really nice that they got lids. So I got my little P-Touch label maker from Brother and I got these labels and I stuck them on there and I have some production equipment, audio, production equipment, video. So I knew exactly where to go for the microphone. It's just I didn't have everything to stick it on. Uh, But I do have something new to record with and that's my brand new iPhone XS Max. Yes. And I also have the new Apple Watch 44 millimeter. We'll talk about that a little bit later. I haven't been around, I guess. Yeah. Uh, for, if you're still subscribed to the podcast, thanks. Uh, I've been doing episodes from time to time. Usually it's when I, I get the feeling for it. I'm thinking about a lot of things. But in any case, today I just kind of wanted to free talk about my impressions over the past 12 hours or so that I've had the iPhone XS Max. Actually, has it been 12 hours? Oh, seriously, I'm checking <laughs> I'm checking my Apple Watch and Siri's like telling me like, you can raise to speak now. It's like, first of all, wait, hold on. Why is, okay, Siri just gave me a message in, oh, no, that makes sense. Okay. So I use my, I use Siri in English most of the time, except on occasionally I have one device set to Japanese. So I was like, why is she telling me the message in English? Because my devices are all set to Japanese, but that would make sense, I suppose. So anyway, um, but yeah, uh, she was just going off right there. So, but I want to talk about my impressions. It's been, I guess, not even... Uh, 12 hours because I got it at 8 a.m. this morning. I'm recording this almost 6 p.m., so maybe 10 hours. Um, but let's just start with impressions of the iPhone XS Max. I don't know how else to say it. So um, first of all, in one word, amazing, gorgeous. I know it's two words. Um, it It is incredible. And, and the thing was, I, I wasn't really intending to purchase uh, an, an upgrade. I have an iPhone 10 and I really loved it. Um, it's a fantastic device. And actually, if you're in the market for a new iPhone, a used iPhone 10 is a great way to go because it's still a fantastic device. Um, that said, uh, when I kind of accidentally sold it, yeah, I, I don't know how that happened, but um, I ended up being like, well, I guess I'm going to get it. And I ended up getting it. It's like a certain podcaster who shall remain nameless, Marco. Um, but in any event, uh, you know, we always never intend to go buy these things and somehow we end up doing it. But um, I'm really, really happy that I bought it. Um, just having used it for 10 hours. I've been leery of getting plus models for a long time. Um, I had had a plus model at one point and I just found it kind of unwieldy is the, is the word that came to mind. Um, it's, they're, they're great, and the screens were big, and, and the cameras were fantastic, but it, it really, in retrospect, it really does look like kind of a stopgap measure. That They wanted to give us all this tech, but the battery life just wasn't there, the size just wasn't there. It just, they needed a few more years to get everything compact enough. The biggest thing for me with the iPhone XS Max is that, frankly, it's light, it's really light compared to the Plus models. It doesn't feel bulky in your hand. It doesn't feel massive. Now, granted, I've got a case on it, but I have a clear case from um, from uh, Spigen. No, from ESR. ESR is my, my favorite because um, they're cheap. It was like, you know, 10 Hunyakers. And I also got a set. Uh, so for 20 Hunyakers, I got this, two screen protectors and a clear case. And it's good enough for now. Um, the one problem with 
the bigger models has always been the, the cute cases, especially here in Japan. There's tons of cute cases, but they always go for the smaller models, the 7, the 8, the 10, uh, and the 10S will be, you know, tons of cases everywhere, tons of options, but the Plus models rarely get all those cute cases, so I don't know, we'll see. But for now, I just kind of want to show off the gold. But really, the... Um, the, the the max really doesn't max i'm gonna stop that i know it's probably annoying uh, the, the max though is actually it it doesn't feel like a plus model it feels just like a slightly bigger 10 iphone 10 um i'm really happy with the size i'm happy with the weight i feel like it's manageable completely manageable completely wieldy wieldy is that a word but yeah it, it feels like something i'm going to be happy to use every day as opposed to my fear which was well i'm getting the max because i want the bigger screen and frankly i kind of want to justify the purchase you know it's like if i'm going to get something new i want to get something new as opposed to just getting a slightly upgraded 10 um but i, I think it's going to be fine I i've been using it today and honestly i don't feel much of a difference which is kind of good and bad i guess like it feels bigger when i think about it but it also just kind of feels the same like it doesn't feel like too much bigger Maybe that's because of the edge-to-edge screen that it looks the same. Um, and I think if I tried to go back to the 10, I'd be like, whoa, this thing is small. But it really just feels like a normal phone. I can hold it in one hand. I feel comfortable with it. Um, it, it feels great. Now, the speed is fantastic. I have noticed, and granted, I've been on a 6S for the past week. We'll talk about that in a second. But um, it feels so much faster than the 10. And I really feel like that, uh, having been on the iOS 12 betas, yes, it's a beta, but not anymore, uh, it feels like that it was, you know, at times a little laggy in certain parts and that they finally, you know, you get the new S model, it it works really well. Um, I haven't really tried out the camera much. Uh, the few shots I did take, I will say the portrait mode is fantastic. And it's also really interesting that there just is no HDR button now, that the smart HD is just always on. That's how good they think it is. And frankly, the test shots I took were pretty good. Um, you know, I don't want to release any of them because I don't really look very good in them. Uh, and I couldn't find my glasses. So all day I've been like, I'm blinded by general life. Um, but, you know, it seems like it's 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 going to be the big selling point for a lot of people. Um, I'm interested to see how well it does video, especially. Um, the stereo recording looks pretty good, although I don't think I'd ever use the audio for that for any video projects. I would probably have a separate microphone to begin with. But um, for just casual shots, I definitely think it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm going to dinner in a little bit with a friend, so I might try the portrait mode out and see how that goes. Frankly, I think if you're on a 10, the only reason to upgrade is the camera and the bigger screen. Um, but that said, I mean, that screen is gorgeous. It's beautiful. And and maybe, maybe it's just that I've been on the 6S for the past week, but it really does seem maybe even, you know, better than the 10 was. Um, so let's talk about this for a second. So I, yeah, I was on a 6S, a 6S that's at 81% battery. I attempted to go to the Apple store to get it switched out, the battery, and they said they had it in stock. So I, you know, went and then they told me, oh, wait, no, we don't have it in stock. So it's on order and I'm going to keep the 6S. It's, it's my backup phone and I'm using it for B-roll shots for some projects and things. So it's nice to have like not as advanced a 4K camera, but you know, it's good enough for my purposes to have like a quick five second cutaway shot from the same vantage point just to be able to cover anything or whatever. But um, I will say there were a lot of things that I missed. Um, the biggest perhaps is swiping between apps. For me, this was fundamental to the use of the 10 and, and going back to the home button just felt like such a regression. And, and I cannot wait for the iPads next month or November because 
having a full iPad experience uh, with no home button is going to be incredible. But I think the thing is, on the iPad, you can still do those same gestures in iOS 12. They've, you know, and I've gotten completely used to doing those same gestures because I've been on the beta for so long. Having the unified experience and being able to just swipe between apps, especially when you're copying things from one app into another, you want to sw- quickly switch between apps. Uh, it really makes a huge difference. Now, my dirty little secret is that I used to be a jailbreaker. Um, I was a jailbreaker for years from like the iPhone 4 all the way up through maybe the 7, somewhere around there. Um, I stopped primarily because of security concerns, um, but also the the scene kind of died out and it became, frankly, a lot of it, and I know if there's any jailbreakers out there still, you're, you're going to hate me for saying this because it's the stereotype, but um, a lot of it really does involve like piracy and things like that these days. Now, I never did that. I really, really never did that. And I have the iTunes. Oh, God, how much money have I spent? Anyway, I have the App Store receipts to prove it. But um, now it seems like it's a lot of, you know, kids, basically, who are trying to get free apps, which, you know, you can sideload them if you have a dev account, but that's another story. Um, and you shouldn't, you know. There's a whole load of reasons why you shouldn't, moral concerns, but beyond that, just security reasons. Um, but nonetheless, uh, jailbreaking for me was about increasing the abilities of the iPhone. And one of the coolest things that I loved about jailbreaking was a tweet called Zephyr. Now, what Zephyr did was it allowed you to do two-fingered swipe from the edge of the screen on the left or the right, and you could switch between different apps on the iPhone. It was kind of like the multi-touch gestures, you know, the four-finger pinch or whatever on the iPad, but it brought it to the iPhone. Now, there were other customizable gestures and things, but that was the big one that I always use. I was able to go quickly between apps without having to double-tap the home button every time. Now, they added this later on with 3D Touch. You could kind of hold down on the side button, or you could hold down on the side of the screen, the edge of the screen, and it would pop out, and then you could switch. But there was nothing quite as satisfying as just being able to do a swipe and swipe back and swipe between the two apps quickly and easily, just like on the iPad. And that was the number one thing that I found myself trying to do on the 6S. I would try to be swiping at the bottom to get them to go between the apps, and it just didn't work. And that alone means, for me at least, I can't ever go back to a non-10 phone. It's 10 or bust for me at this point, Um, and I don't plan to. But uh, yeah, using a 6S as my daily driver, again, is just probably not going to be a thing that I can do. On the other hand... I did find myself really loving Touch ID. Uh, it, you know, it is so fast, and it's just it's just so accurate, and it just you just first time every time. You don't have to worry about misses. Um, you know, the only time obviously was the when my fingers were wet. I mean, that's a common problem. But you know, beyond that, it really reminded me how much I miss Touch ID. That said, I did find myself out of habit, you know, going to make a purchase from the app store and like waiting for Face ID to work, and then it's like, oh, wait, I gotta, oh, right, I gotta put my finger in here. Or, like, trying to swipe up from the bottom, and then, like, oh, right, I have to authenticate with Touch ID. So, balance, I'm about to switch into Japanese balance, Dickie. Um, on balance, I think I do prefer Face ID, simply because it does mostly disappear from the interface. You kind of forget that it's there. After a while, you just kind of start using it. And then when it does disappear, and you go back to the Touch ID, you're like, oh, God. So I in in a way I'm kind of glad that they didn't stick with Touch ID. Um and especially on the 10s Max, uh Face ID in my experience is a lot faster. But beyond that, it feels more accurate at an angle. So I have a Qi charger that I leave on my desk at work. And so Face ID 
would often not authenticate correctly. It would be pointed up at me at an angle. And for some reason, the 10 would just refuse to authenticate sometimes. So I would actually have to pick up the phone to get it to authenticate before I could swipe up. Now, today, in just my limited experience though, but I found that I would set it on the Qi charger, it'd be angled up at me, I would look at it and it would unlock. First time, every time. I had no failures. Uh, that, to me, alone is probably worth the cost of admission, you know, beyond the bigger screen. It's the fact that I can just have it on the desk at an angle and use it, you know, that is a huge deal to me. The flip side, though, I don't think it works when it's lying flat. I think it does have to be at an angle. But if you get a cheese stand and you have that on your desk and it's pointed at you, that's going to be good enough, I think. And then you get kind of the best of both worlds. Um, there's a few really great cheese chargers on Amazon that you can get that will like kind of a stand thing. And it makes it really easy because you don't have to worry about hitting that sweet spot. You just kind of set it in the stand uh, and it works. And it always, most most always, first time, every time it'll charge. Um, the other things I missed, the haptic feedback on the 10, just like the little interface, you know, tweaks here and there of just like feeling things like when I'm dragging and dropping things or going through a menu or a list or something, just having that haptic feedback kind of connects you to the the, the connects you to the device more than I think um, other forms of interaction do. Um, I really felt that lacking. It felt like the device wasn't as alive or wasn't as connected to me. Um, and I found myself going, wait, is it broken? And it's like, no, 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 it just doesn't have those features. Um, I think every once in a while, it's good to go back and use an older device, just not only to see where we were, but also where we've come and maybe imagine where we'll be in a few years. Other things I missed, yeah, even just things like when you go to trigger like the home screen edit, like jiggle mode or whatever they call it, you know, like when you go to, like it gives you haptic feedback on the 10 and on the 6S, it doesn't, it just, it's like, it just starts. And I'm like, wait, did it? So it's like that extra little bit of confirmation. Oh, it's in the mode I expected to be in now, you know? Um, screen brightness was also surprising. I kept trying to turn up the screen brightness on the success and it just, it's a, it felt so dim. It felt like the screen was really dim, but I guess that's just, it, that's the screen, the technology that was available at the time. And you think, okay, so, so we had the 6S, right? And then the 7, and then the 8, and the 10, and the 10S Max. So really, we're about four years back, I want to say, for the, for the 6S. Um, four generations back, five generations back. Six, six, I'm never good with math like this. 6S to 7, that would be one year. 7 to 8, that'd be two years. Oh, but no, they, oh, can I say, see, I knew that wasn't right. And then uh, eight and 10 are the same year at this year. So three years back. Okay, so we're three generations back, right? So, but still, or two generations back, but still, it's no three. I'm going to edit this out. No, I'm not. Anyway, we're moving on. Uh, the edge to edge screen, obviously, the OLED, I mean, just beautiful. I mean, the screen, it's hard to go back to a, uh, an LCD screen that's like, you know, got some white spots around the edges that's just not as beautiful. Um, it really is shocking when you're like, oh, God, like this is, we, we lived with this. And we thought this was a great screen. And now it's like, it's ruined. It's crap. It's total crap. It's like, <laughs> um, and yeah, you know, one thing I kind of was also really missing was the iPhone 7, 8 style home button, the the non-mechanical home button. Um, I prefer that, actually, I think, to the physical home button. I, I kind of got used to the, the fake feel of the virtual home button, you know, because the 6S has a mechanical home button that's also prone to failure, but uh, the 7 and 8 just have a kind of a ring there, and it uses haptic feedback to trick you into thinking that you're actually pressing a button when you're really not. Um, and I found that I missed that version, actually. So maybe I should have gone with the 7, but the 6S was cheaper, uh, and it has a headphone jack, um, which can be good for 
monitoring audio. I, I, the the 6S, the reason I bought it was one to get me through this past week because I sold the 10, like the literally the morning of the keynote, uh, Japan time. Uh, and so I, I bought the 6S and it's kind of a stopgap measure, get me through the week or so. And then I also have it to do additional production stuff and things. So it's great if I want to plug in a pair of headphones and then plug in a lightning microphone or something, I can do monitoring on that. Um, there's a wide variety of reasons to have the 6S, just to have an option of having an iPhone with a headphone jack for production use. So, um, but all told, it was, it was a, I'm glad I did it. It was a good experience. Uh, do I want to use the 6S anymore? No, I put it in my bag and I don't want to touch it again. Um, one thing I did find though, it was fun going back through my box of iPhone cases that I can't bear to part with. I have maybe 10 or 12 iPhone cases and iPad cases that uh, are from devices from years gone by, and I can't quite bring myself to get rid of them. Uh, and the one I selected is a Pokemon one that has the original Charmander, Squirtle, Bulbasaur, or Hitokage, Zenigame, Fushigidane, if you're in a uh, if you're in Japanese, anyway, hi. If you know what, no. Anyway, if you know what I'm talking about, tweet at me. If if you don't, well, look it up. Professor Oak, he was amazing. But anyway, uh, he died recently. The, the the voice actor of that, but uh, that's not important. Um, but on the on the whole, it was fun going back to look at those iPhone cases and kind of remember. Oh, I remember getting this phone case. I remember using this one. I remember dropping this one. <laughs> no, that wasn't so fun. But I remember each of those experiences, and I kind of keep them in a little box because it's good to have them just in case I buy one of those devices again. Um, sometimes I do for various purposes. Um, but also, it's just like eh, I can't bear to part with this. I got rid of a couple of them that I didn't need anymore but on the whole it's like I kind of like these and it's just a part of my iPhone history so to speak uh, I'm really really happy with the Max I'm glad I got the Max I'm I, I could not be happier again I've only used it for 10 hours but I don't find any real faults with it uh, I haven't noticed anything other than the price that uh, makes me regret it uh, and so I'm I, I it's just fantastic so I'm currently editing this well lightly editing this because uh, I have to go to meet my friend. But um, I, I'm editing it on my iPhone XS Max. Uh, the screen is so big that I don't feel the need to pull out my iPad Pro and do it there. I feel like I can just do it on the device here, and it's big enough, wide enough, that if I turn to landscape, because I'm, I'm editing it in Ferrite, and it feels like it's good enough for being able to do it real quickly on the fly without having to pull out the iPad Pro. I think that's going to be a huge use case for a lot of people. Okay, back to your pre me, Kaylee, Kaylee. Okay, moving on to Apple Watch. Now, I got to say right off the bat, I've had a few problems with Apple Watch today. Uh, I'm upgrading from a Series 3 to a Series 4. Um, and I've had a couple of issues where it's fallen out of sync with the iPhone. In other words, suddenly it thinks that there's no iPhone connected uh, when there is. And I've had to reboot the phone and or reboot the Apple Watch as well. And it would reconnect. But uh, it's been kind of odd. Uh, I also had issues setting it up. At one point, I paired it with the iPhone, and then it lost pairing. Like, it, it it acted like it hadn't been paired, so I had to unpair it on the watch side, unpair it on the phone side, and then do the repairing again, and that was kind of awkward. And I'm setting it up as a brand new watch. I, I always set it up from, from scratch just because um, there isn't a ton that I like to configure, um, and I just kind of, like, you know, I'd rather just start from scratch and be done with it. Unlike my iPhone, which I'm dying to be able to do a clean install of, but line 
prevents it. I have like two gigabytes of data in line. Yes, line, the green monster that never dies and won't let us do a clean restore because they'll back up your chats to iCloud, but they won't back up any of your stamps or any of your photos. And it's like, well, but that's like most of my data. Like, I know they don't want to take up space on the server, but it's like I'm paying for a terabyte of storage. I have two gigs of data in line. Just upload everything. It's fine. Like, don't upload just the text, please. It's my space. I'll use it. But they won't even give you the option. So until that happens or I find a way to just extract the line data from a backup and then reinstall that directly onto the new iOS device, I'm stuck with like 20 gigabytes of system data. I still don't know what that system data is. It just is taking up space on my iPhone and I it, it clogs it up. But... The nice thing about the, the Macs, going back to that for a second, is that it, it does kind of make it feel less stressful. Like the 6S, restoring that from backup, I could tell that it was really having problems with all that crud and junk I've had from years of restoring and backup and restoring and backing up. But uh, the 10S Max, I think, just kind of like, it, it works. It's 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 There's enough processing power to get over those humps, but I still would like to do a clean install. Anyway, so back to the Apple Watch. I find that it looks weird. I don't know how else to describe it. It like it looked good on on paper, not really paper because he uses paper anymore. But it looked good on the iPad. It looked good on screens. It looked good in the videos. And then when I get it on my wrist, it's just like it looks weird, like the edge to edge thing. I'm just not used to it yet. And I think that that will probably change. Give me a month or two, and I'll look at the old. Actually, even just today, going back and looking at the old Apple Watch, it was like, oh, that is weird. Like it, it's so small like i thought because i put it on my on my wrist and i'm like ah oh, it's not much bigger and then i went back and looked at the old apple watch and it's like oh no it, it's bigger it just it doesn't feel bigger you know like if you compare the two it's like yeah that's huge but uh coming from a 42 to a 44 it's like yeah it definitely is bigger but it at first glance it doesn't feel bigger but um icons are definitely bigger it just I don't know. I guess I just need to get used to the fact that the screen goes all the way to the edge to edge. Um, and maybe the fact that I've been using Overcast all day, mostly on my watch. And it just, it's like, he'll tweak it, I think. Marco Arman, who does the who does Overcast, um, I think he just, the simulator probably didn't match up with the, uh, the actual real world conditions. And it just kind of, everything looks a little bit off center. But it is day one. So, you know. It's not even day one where he lives. So, I mean, you know, we'll get there eventually, I'm sure. Um, so I'm going to reserve my judgment for that. But on first glance, it is just kind of like, it's definitely information heavy, information overload. But in terms of just being able to glance at the time, it's nice that it's bigger. Um, I, I found myself kind of debating which watch face to go with. Um, the default that it ships with is kind of the circular one. Um, but then like the text on that is kind of small. And I'm not a big fan of analog watches, I know, but I mean, you know, it's 2018, like, I don't, like, I want to be able to just glance at it and tell the time as opposed to being like, wait, so the hour hand is here and the minute hand is there. Like, I can read it, but it's just like, when you've got all that going on around it, you've got, you know, the timer and the date and the weather and, and what time is it here and what time is it there and the, the clouds and it's like, it, seeing the analog face is just, for me at least at a glance, it's harder to read maybe. Um, but again, if you use it enough, you probably get used to it. Um, so I've basically been sticking with what I've been using for a long time, which is the infograph modular face, whatever that is. And it lets you do uh, five different complications. Uh, and I have it set. I've got a music button that I can just tap and get into music. Uh, I've got the UV index because why not? Uh, my workout uh, and I, I usually have the battery instead of the UV index. I used to have the battery, but um, 
I decided, you know what, I'm not going to worry about the battery too much. I think that probably it'll be fine. I don't need to concern myself with like, oh, I've only got 70% left, you know, like it'll tell me when I get down to 20 or 10% and then, then I'll worry about charging it. But um, I've got the activity and then in the middle I have a uh, a weather five-day forecast, which is kind of nice. Um, and, oh no, it's not a five-day forecast, it's a five-hour forecast. That makes more sense. Um, oh, it's going to rain later. Oh no. Well, what can you do? Uh, and then in the bottom I have the time where my parents live. And this is the one that I'm really kind of upset about. They've changed it from being a digital clock display that just said the time and the three-digit code or whatever for the, the city or the, the time zone to being an analog face. Now, it goes with the style. Everything's rounded, rounded corners, rounded compilations or complications or whatever they're called. It's why do you have to go and make things so complicated, Apple? Anyway, um, but... Uh, it's harder for me to glance at that and just see what time it is. Oh, there she is. <laughs> Show me the glands of a, a yak or something is what it said. I, I, ro- I raised my wrist to talk to Siri and now she she responds. So, by the way, I've been on, because I'm crazy, right? I'm crazy, Allison. Yes, it's true. Uh, I've been on the watchOS beta for months now and Siri has been a disaster. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a beta. But um, once we got to the final GM, I was like, okay, surely this is going to work, right? And it's like, no, like, Siri on on the watch has still been on the series three at least has been a disaster and I would I would raise my wrist to talk and then she wouldn't respond and then like 10 seconds later she would finally respond and like catch up and then it would take like 30 seconds to process and then it never would work and then I would try again and then maybe she would respond but then she wouldn't work and I don't know I just I got frustrated with Siri and finally just gave up and started using Siri on the iPhone instead but I find that you know, accidental, accidental activations aside, uh, she's been better today using Siri on the, on the watch and the speakers a lot louder. Um, I'm interested to try to make a phone call, um, and see maybe like a FaceTime audio or something and see how that works. I I feel like it's going to be a lot better. Um, I think I just got to get used to the watch. Um, one thing I liked about the packaging, by the way, I'm sure some of you have seen it, but if not, um, you open it up and it shows, it's like, it almost like feels like a flower. Like you open it up and like, it just kind of sprawls out and it's got all these different like watch bands and watch styles surrounded, big, colorful, bright. It feels a lot more fun. Like it feels like something that's really cool to open. Uh, I don't get, I didn't get that same experience from the iPhone. Like the iPhone's just like open it up. Okay. And there it is. And I don't care about the headphones and everything. Cause I just, I always leave them in there. Um, I always leave all the cables and everything in there for resale. Um, and it's the same with the Apple watch. But the cool thing was that you had this additional packaging and then inside you had a second box and the band which is separate and now the debate is do i open the band and use it or do i keep it sealed for resale i don't know i'm debating because i could i could always sell it next if i buy whatever next year you know um i say i'm hard to think about next year right but like it's a geek hashtag zetai geek um but you know like okay i could sell it as a watch only thing or i could sell it with the used band or whatever japan tends to be like people don't tend to like to buy used bands like the Apple Watch, I find if it doesn't have a brand new band, it tends to drop in value a little bit. Um, so I tend to just use my existing bands and leave whatever comes in the box in the box. But I kind of want to use it because it's pink and it's cute and it, it matches. It's got like the gold, you know, um, the gold little plates there and everything that kind of gold plates there and everything kind of matches with everything. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I don't know how I feel. But it's nice that they're separate now, which... I would really hope maybe in a year, uh, 
or less, we would get the opportunity to mix and match. So like, okay, I want this watch, I want this band, or whatever, or I want this watch and no band. Like, that would be nice if we could save, you know, I don't know, 30, 40, whatever, um, just getting a watch by itself without having to buy the band. Um, I don't think Apple would ever do that. But maybe the option of being able to customize your own band, we're going to give you these options, and then if you want, you can have these options, and if you want, you can have these or whatever. Um, It does seem like that gives them a little bit more of that flexibility, although the flip side is that Apple tends to have their, like, desired pairings like these look good together so this is what we're going to sell we're going to sell this as a set because we want you to buy this you know that tends to be the apple way so i don't know if they'll ever do that but the packaging does seem to indicate that they could just slip in a little retail package of a brand new watch band or something um that would also be a good way Let's say, you know, they release a new collection or whatever. That might be a good way to get people who maybe haven't bought the Apple Watch yet to buy. It's like all of a sudden, well, you can have these or you can customize and change the band. Um, I don't know, kind of like buying a MacBook Pro or something when you, you know, you can customize the CPU or you customize the RAM or whatever. Like just giving people a little bit of choice might be good, especially if they're trying to make it a fashion thing, even just a little bit. Um, giving people options might be a good idea. I don't know. Uh, all told, I... I you know, I'm excited about the Apple Watch. I'm excited to see where it goes, um, but I don't know necessarily how I feel about it. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not regretting it. I'm glad I got it, um, and I think what I'm feeling right now is just adjustment because uh, going from the 10 to the 10s Max uh, is it's basically just like you're zooming in the picture. You know, it's like it's like you're holding the phone closer to your face, even though you're not. You know, the the screen got bigger. But uh, the fundamental form factor didn't change. This is the first change to the form factor of Apple Watch thus far. You know, basically, this is the iPhone 4. I saw someone write that online. Like, this is one of the most important iPhones because you had the original iPhone, or Apple Watches, because you had the original iPhone, you had the iPhone 4, the iPhone 7, and the 10. Those have been the four key important iPhones, the the designs. Um, And... I guess you could argue that the six also was a really important one, the six and the six plus, because that kind of changed things. Um, but it does seem like the seven was like we're removing the headphone jack, we're going to waterproofing, we're 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 moving it in this direction. Um, no home button or reducing the you know no actual home button, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but yeah, it does feel like this is like the first big jump for Apple Watch. And I'm happy with it. Um, I just think it's going to take adjustment. Like my brain just needs to adjust to the fact that the screen goes edge to edge as opposed to like being in this little case. And again, it's like going back to the 6S, you know, I feel like in a few weeks, maybe in a few days, possibly in a few hours, even if I were to look at that old watch, it would feel so weird to me. And isn't that the Apple way? It's like, we make you hate the device that you loved yesterday, uh, because that's what they do. And you keep pushing forward. The final thing I want to say is I'm really excited about the new iPads and, and things that are coming out uh, in the next month or two. Um, at the very least, we know there's going to be an iPad bezel-less face ID. Uh, I am really am excited, given the screen technology with this. And again, I don't think that the, they would ever go OLED on the iPad just because it would be so expensive. But if we can get a little bit improved screen tech, edge-to-edge screen, um, and just make it nice, easy-to-use, gorgeous um, I'm just, I'm really excited about that because I use the iPad probably more than any device at all. And so uh, we'll see where the future goes. Um, I'm also MacBook Pro-less again uh, for a variety of reasons, including an electric bicycle, but that's another story altogether. Uh, I am 
without a MacBook Pro again. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to get another one or not. Um, I, I found myself kind of not needing it for a while. Um, and I kind of feel like I'm going to wait and see if, um, I mean, there are a few reasons to get one, but, uh, I don't know. I might just kind of play it by ear and see if they release new MacBooks or MacBook Air or MacBook Air-like substance or something, um, and just see how that goes. Uh, but I'm in no mood or rush to need or want another Mac notebook for the time being. Uh, I'm good with what I've got. Um, and so that's pretty good. Um, so we'll see. Uh, the iPad's definitely the, the one to watch and I'm excited for that. Anyway, uh, I know I've been gone for a while. Um, and this is kind of how it's going to be for the time being. And just whenever I feel like doing a podcast, I'll do a podcast. Um, I have a few projects in the lineup. It depends on whether I get kicked out of my apartment or not. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, it's, I don't think I'm going to get kicked out. It doesn't seem like it. Um, I feel like if he was going to like be like, Hey, cause I'm renting from a guy. It's just a guy. He owns this place and it's his place. So if he wants it back, he can take it back. But it's like, I feel like if he wanted it back, he would send me like a formal letter instead of leaving like a paper note, like a sticky note, basically in my mailbox. It's like, so I don't know. Oh, I'm trying to get in touch with him, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, but I've got some projects in the works. Um, so keep subscribed to this and uh, check out platypuspodcast.com uh, for links to all of my stuff. I'm Kaylee, at Kaylee.io on Twitter, uh, at PurpleFuku if you speak Japanese, or Instagram, at PurpleFuku, P-U-R-P-L-E-F-U-K-U, uh, which means uh, purple clothes, purple sailor uniform, the sailor moon uniform. Uh, so check that out and uh, keep in touch. And if you uh, have anything you want to talk about, uh, Geek.io is the hashtag you should use. Until next time, Ija! It's the after show, it's the after show where we talk about things that don't have anywhere to go. Boom. So the secret project I'm working on, I'm currently building a, a dedicated corner for production. Uh, when I say production, um, I've realized that. A lot of the things that I want to do, a lot of the ideas I have, and a lot of the passion I've got, frankly, is YouTube. And as much of a cesspool as YouTube may be, uh, I just feel like that's where my heart's leading. And if I'm going to spend time every week doing something, I want it to be something that I'm passionate about. And that I feel like at least more than, you know, five people will listen to. Marcus, Jeannie, Allison, thank you. Uh, Zach as well, thank you. Um... Oh, and Andrew. I can't forget Andrew, of course. Yes. Sorry, Andrew. Uh, you're like my five listeners that always give me feedback, and I'm grateful for you. But I, I don't know that a tech podcast about Japan is viable in terms of like spending time every week doing it. Um, I don't know that it's big enough market. And again, I'm not trying to make money off of this or be super famous or anything like that, but I want more than like five or ten listeners, you know? Like if I'm going to put time into something. I want it to be something that matters. And I just feel like YouTube is more of an opportunity to get my work out there. To to and to not only do that, but to be able to be like, I want to talk about I've got a few things here, like tech gadgets and stuff. I'm a big fan of like Tech Moan and people like that who just kind of talk about retro tech or cool tech or whatever. Like this is a product and I'm going to talk about it. Not as like a professional reviewer or anything, but just as someone, here's something cool. Or here's something interesting. Or can I fix this? Um, you know, one project that I've, I've got that I'm going to work on is I have a Wii, like a Nintendo Wii, um, that's a launch Wii. 
and it the case is just destroyed. Well, I found for ten hunyakers a, a broken Japanese Wii, and I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool if I could transplant the case into my my working Wii? Um, that would be like a fun little, you know, I don't know, ten minute video or something. Um, like you cut down ten hours into ten minutes or whatever, you know. Like that's the kind of stuff that I really would love to do, and also just various things like my experience with the six S or or impressions of the ten. S Max or whatever, um, or just you know, fun. I'd love to do let's plays or things like that. Um, and then you know, if I could get a couple, you know, hundred people watching, that's that, that's my target right now. It's just a couple hundred people to subscribe. You know, I'm 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 happy with that. As like, okay, if I'm gonna do something, if a couple hundred people are enjoying it, then that's enough for me. And just kind of go from there and see where it goes. Um, and then you know, from time to time do podcasting. One of my friends had the most brilliant idea ever, which is even over the past few months when I haven't been podcasting, I've had the idea of like, I really want to talk about this story, but it's just five minutes. And it's a problem because it's like, well, okay, do I record five minutes and then send it out as like a five minute podcast? But what if I just record that five minutes when I want to talk about it? And then I hold on to it. And then I record another five minutes, maybe a couple days later, and then maybe a week later, another five minutes, and then three minutes here and four minutes there. And eventually you've got a 25-minute podcast. You edit that all together. It doesn't sound like they've all probably been recorded in the same time. Your voice is going to change. But, you know, that's better than nothing, in my opinion, at least. And it would give me a chance to talk about things that I want to talk about without having the pressure of, like, every week i got to get this out. You know, because, frankly, right now, classes have been stressful. They've added a lot to my workload. Um, You know, and it's just been, like, it's been way too much. And um, that's kind of the thing with YouTube as well. It's like, I want to try and do one every week, but, you know, you don't have to. Um, the target would be maybe two a month or at the least one a month. Um, but you can also bank them. You know, it's like, okay, I've got these ideas. I can, you know, record these couple in a day and then release them over the next few weeks. Whereas when you're doing a news tech podcast, especially, it's like you kind of have to be talking about it that week. You know, if you're going to try and do it every week and it's about news, it needs to be timely and it has to be done on a specific day. Um, so I think kind of matomeru is the word, like putting everything together, um, kind of recording along the way and putting everything together would be a better way to do it. So that's part of the setup is I want to have a dedicated area to do audio because part of the problem right now is just it's what I had tonight. It's that I couldn't find my tripod and I had, you know, I knew where the mic was. I knew where the pop filter was, but I couldn't find my tripod. So if I had a dedicated area where it's like, okay, the mic stays here. It's always here. I pull it down and I'm ready to record in 60 seconds. It's one of the reasons I have all these old iOS devices. I've got an old like five, I think. And if I could just have it always plugged up, ready to go, I just switch on, bam, bam, bam. I'm recording within 60 seconds, two minutes, you know, um, that would be great. The 6S is for B-roll. The idea is to have it in a little iPhone camera mount. It's dedicated. It's a second camera angle that I can cut between. Um, and it's there and I just pop it in. I, I kind of want to get maybe three or four different like clip mounted iPhone, you know, stands basically or like little they clip to i've got like a corner desk like an l-shaped corner desk so the idea is like have a few of the iphone i don't know like get a big arm you know like they clip onto the desk and then it's like the arm mount have a few of those that are just kind of dedicated so that all i have to do is pop the iphone in and then press record and you know and it's obviously you gotta tweak everything but like have dedicated position for the lights have dedicated position for the iphone and everything that way i can get up and running very quickly as opposed to, you know, what I've been doing now, which is like having to set everything up and like, it's, it's just, 
I'll never do it if I have to do it that way, you know? Of course, the big problem now is I just don't know what's going to happen with the apartment. But I'm I'm proceeding forward as if I'm staying here. And so right now the goal has been just cleaning, getting this place really nice, uh, and then losing everything in the process. No, but, but being able to just have, you know, a dedicated setup, get the corner ready, get everything working, get everything going. And then I'm going to hopefully, you know, get this going and get it working. So that's the current plan. Uh, I hope it goes well and we'll see how it goes. Um, and, uh, thanks for listening all the way to the end. I appreciate it. I know this ended up being longer than I expected, but, uh, uh, I always do appreciate you listening and uh, I'll be back soon with something interesting. I'm not going to stop. I can't stop the signal.